episode 11 um, of Natural Bodybuilding Worldwide. And um, we're joined by uh, Vicky McCann, um, who doesn't really require uh, any real introduction um, if you follow natural bodybuilding at all. Um, but welcome, Vicky. Thanks for coming back on again. Um, so how, first of all, how are you, um, at the moment? Um, I'm good in a lot of respects in that I have the biggest, emptiest gym to myself at the moment, so my training is fabulous, (laughs) (laughs) other than that there's not the atmosphere it would normally be, but, um, I'm one of the lucky people that has what has become now a personal gym that I can use every day. Um, So from that point of view, it's good. Um, I walk the dog, I train. Um, and I sit and watch a lot more television than I've ever watched in my life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think I think what we thought we'd do for this episode is um, obviously a lot of people have, have got questions about. Uh, and I think there's probably a lot that 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 we have to sort of caveat that things might change and, and we're dealing with a lot of uncertainties. But um you know you and guy have been working hard to to sort of put things in place um to to you know have some shows there at the end of the season um i know that the, the you know some of the other federations uh, uh you know in a in a similar scenario that they're working on putting shows together um and there are you know as i mentioned on the last podcast um I think AJ's done some podcasts about, you know, UK DFBA and that, that side of things. So we thought we'd we'd get you on and um and you know pose some sort of uh you know common questions that people have had about the how things might work and how things are planned to work and then maybe sort of contingency plans um if 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 situations change. So um as far as we are aware the bmbf uh, british finals are still scheduled to pl- take place on the 27th of september at the mns bank arena which will be um sort of an open finals yeah um so yeah would you just just sort of uh, give us a, a bit of a um a rundown of, of that and and what sort of how you expect it to work in terms of classes and categories will we still have the grand prix etc um it's it's been a strange time because obviously i get asked these questions all the time um and the 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 biggest problem is that i don't actually really know (laughs) and you know a lot of people have said to me you should just cancel everything give people you know give them the out give them the ability to just stop diet and stop training which is one way of looking at it um, but the other way I look at it is that the mental stress that a lot of people will be under at this present time is going to be, I'll use the word that we keep using, unprecedented. Um, and to me, you know, for me over the years, there's been times in your life where things haven't been good or haven't been perfect or been a bit difficult. And your diet and your prep can sometimes be, other than causing more stress, can be a lifeline, a switch off, something to hold on to. So I don't want to cancel everything. There will be a show. How we run it uh, will come down to a lot to what we get told we're allowed to do or not allowed to do. There will always be a way of making something happen. So for those of, those that are out there and, and are doing what I would have done, which is probably use my focus to, to keep going, keep training, to keep motivated, um, you'll keep going because we'll do something. It might not be traditionally what the BMBF does. We may have to change things around a bit to make it comply with what the government regulations are. And um, we're sort of speaking to theatres and finding out where they lie because a lot of it will be whether they'll allow us to do certain things or we may have to do it behind closed doors. We may have to do it, you know, by streaming it rather than having an audience. Then we're going to have to look at ways to fund it. But for the people that are keeping going, I will do absolutely everything in my power to make sure that we have a good event at the end of the year. And um, realistically, that's all I can say. Excuse me till I chuck my dog out. <laughs> right, sorry about the interruption. So yeah, no, that's that, that makes sense. I mean, there's obviously a lot of uh, uncertainties and I, I suppose that that'll be 
reassuring for some people to hear who who have set that you know the the focus on doing something and uh you know it might not be the same british finals as you know that we used to but but there's going to be something um hopefully there to, to look forward to and and uh in in september i mean i know and, and as far as the grand prix um i know rob waterhouse is already prepping for it i think louis smith was i don't know if he stuck with it um i'm sure daz will be on it um and mike perrin's just contacted me to ask for aspects sort of his diet for him to go into it so you know there's a few of them are using it the same way to focus to get there so we should have have it Dave will probably decide in the next week or so. I speak to him most days. Um, and I think if he thinks there's competition there. Um, I know Babacar in Italy was hoping to come over for it. But again, I think he, may, he maybe still will do, providing that they can travel and they can get here. I think that he may still think about throwing his, his hand in because I know his his thing at the end of last year was that he wanted to take on Dave King. I mean, that was you know made quite clear to me by his coach. Um, so I think if Dave's in, there is still a chance he may come over. But we're all kind of in the same boat. I know that the Italians are looking to, to push some of their shows back, but still intend to have shows. Um, the Australians are in, in touch, and I think if we, they can make things happen, they will do as far as something in the future. But realistically, at the moment, my main focus is the BMBF and having a show for the athletes at the end of the year. Whether we can run a world championships, I've spoken to the guys in the Caymans. The, their gym's open in two weeks' time. Um, I think they've only had only had an every death sad, and I appreciate that. They've had one death over there, so I think they're hoping to get things moving again as quickly as possible. And tourism is their major, you know, a major part of their life. It's very important for them to get things moving quickly. So, yeah, again, same thing. It might not be a world as we traditionally know it, um, but if we can make something happen, we will do. A lot of that will, will be to do with whether we can have audiences over there and stuff and things like that to make it to make it feasible. But we're still working on it. We've not given up on any ideas. So, you know, as far as being positive and, and using the positivity of your training and stuff to keep you going through this, I think that's, you know, we will do what we can. Um, as I say, I definitely, even if we have to push the, the British finals back a bit, we will have our show at some point for everyone that stuck it out and done it rocky style up the woods with log and whatever it is. Um, and I think it'll be quite special for a lot of people because a lot of people will be doing it against the odds and, and with all these, you know, different ways of doing it. Those that have got access to a gym will feel like they've got a huge advantage at the moment. I should think about prepping myself actually because I've <laughs> incredible gym that I can use. <laughs> Coming out of retirement, this one. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, there's uh, like you said, uh, people can say all they want about, you know, you should you should cancel this and cancel that. But I think people appreciate more um, just having something to keep them uh, not even just having a competition to prep for, but just to keep themselves sane and and, and keep a structure to to life at the minute. You know, it, it Prep does that for you, doesn't it? It just keeps you, it keeps you on the straight and narrow. You don't have to worry. You know, you're you're not worrying about things or, or con- concentrating on 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 negative things that might pop up. You you are concentrating on getting some training done, making sure you've got some food ready and and, and, and everything else. So that just keeps you your head from falling off. Give you something else to concentrate on. Um, Whereas, because you see a lot of people at the moment, they're complaining that, you know, that they're bored at home and the, uh, one thing or another and they've got nothing to do but maybe walk or run or something like that, which, you know, which is fair enough if you haven't got the equipment. But um, a lot of people jumped off prep the second lockdown was introduced. And you've got to wonder, you know, it was, was it just an excuse for you to, to jump off prep? Um, was your mind on it or, or was your heart in it in the first place but so um, it's kept me from uh, certainly um, from falling off the wagon I suppose if, 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 if you know what I mean Prepping into the unknown is hard um, I remember years ago when the, the Twin Towers came down I was prepping for World Championships in New York um, and you know they came down and we kind of wondered if the show would go ahead um, and people, were, you know, from the switch who've gone out were phoning me to say, you know, if the show's on. And I, I said, no, 
Um, and I'm not calling to find out because it's going to be the least of anybody's worries at the moment. Um, and I kept on, I mean, right up to the last minute until we told it's off. But it, it is hard. I know I know where it's coming from because it is a difficult when you're thinking, I'm going to put all this work in, is there going to be a show? And for me, my main focus is to say to everyone, yeah, we'll, we'll have a show. I, I, I will do absolutely everything in my power. Um, whatever situations they throw at me, I will figure out ways of getting past them one way or another. I'll, I'll, you know, we'll do what we can to figure this out and get through this. Um, you know, there, there'll be something. And for the guys that are keeping going, I want that's the one thing I'll say is that, you know, I'm good at adapting, I'm good at changing, I'm good at making things different. I will make sure if something happens for you guys, regardless of what it takes, we'll, we'll get there. Um, because I would hate for the ones that have stuck it out to, to not have something at the end. So, you know, keep going, keep pushing, and, you know, it'll be a celebration when we all, you know, get there. And let's just hope that things have changed enough that we can actually properly celebrate and, and yeah. do that. So, um, but, you know, we'll adapt. We'll adapt and we'll make something work and we'll make something happen. Yeah, I mean, and as far as sort of um, worlds uh, concerned, I mean, I've, I've seen in the last couple of days there's, there's at least um, at least the Jet Two um, have started to say that they're going to be opening up flights again uh, from July first. Um, other airlines like um, EasyJet they've continued to take bookings and things like that throughout the year, so. Um, Obviously, that's not quite the same as travelling on on a, on a flight to the Caymans and what have, or what have you. But it's it's promising uh, that at least then travel will open up a little bit so that people can actually get to them. And us being allowed to come back without 14 days quarantine, and that's going to be the major issue. If if you can fly to one place, there's there's no difference from getting on a flight for a couple of hours to. Once you're on that flight and the air moves around, it's going to be the exact same. So if they're flying one place, don't see any reason why they won't be flying another. But realistically, let's let's cross each bridge as it comes. We're yeah. keeping that open. We've not shut the door yet, you know. And and if we can, you know, just at the end of the year to go to paradise at this stage would be heaven. Um, <laughs> but you know, let's just keep things, you know, think positive and let's cross yeah. each bridge as it comes. And what. We'll, as soon as things start changing, we'll know. I know, as I say, the Cayman Islands gyms are open, opening in two weeks. Um, I know the Italian gyms are opening in a week or two weeks as well, so that they're getting moving. So, and I think some, you know, some European cities are starting to open gyms. So once they get moving and people get back to training, then people will start thinking about competing again. And then we'll maybe know more about how many people are still out there looking to compete, you know, all, all the different things that are going to come into play. Yeah. But I've kept in communication with people the whole way through and kept kept every door open that we possibly can at the moment. Yeah, that's it. So it's, it's all adaptive, isn't it? And we, we will find out, obviously, how things play out over the coming weeks um, once, you know, restrictions are slowly um, eased um, and, and whether we can then do more uh, sort of thing. So, but it's, you know, it's good to, to, for, to, for those people to hear that there are contingency plans for, you know something um so i suppose that that's covered quite a bit on on the the plans for for this season um we did have you know a few questions just more sort of general about the bmbf shows of of what to expect in should we call it normal times um so the first question um i sort of know the answer to this but I thought it'd be good to just sort of bring up um for, for anyone else who was sort of in a similar scenario and the, the question was um can you book your class for for example physique now and then on the day of comp book into fit body for the next day comp um if not what's the latest you can enter a second class so um from my understanding, the 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 BMBF, the in general, there's no crossovers, no. Um, and the other thing to mention is there's there's for, for the females the, there's three categories, i.e. Um, sort of women's bodybuilding, um, figure and athletic. So w would you mind just sort of clarifying those categories? the sort of general criteria um, and I guess your sort of 
stance on on crossovers and and why you maybe don't you know don't allow crossovers um the reason we don't allow cro- crossovers were kind of one of the reasons people have crossovers is because it makes more money for the federation it tends to blur lines and make things difficult because you get somebody winning a bodybuilding class that then goes to win a figure class and then you know win, win something else i mean it, it that blurs the lines of what the actual criteria is um, but it makes a lot of money for a federation. I mean, if you've got somebody turning up to a show and you charge them for one class, another class, another class, then you're making three times the money that you would be doing it that way. But we've never been, the NBF's never been about money. It's been about what we think is best for the event. Um, and basically, our three classes are very distinctly different. Um, and figure is very much about your body shape. So it's a balanced shape with broad shoulders, small waist, flaring quads, you don't have to be ripped to shreds. Um, you may be slightly softer, but have that perfect balance, that perfect shape. That doesn't mean that you should be coming in fat, as it were. It just means that you may not have to be ripped to be at your best. Um, and, and that in itself is a little bit subjective because one person can be slightly soft but have such great lines that they can place higher. And someone can be really hard and not have good lines that person would then move up to athletic. However, and the problem with every bodybuilding show is that criteria is great if the, there's somebody in the class that matches the criteria. But if there's nobody that matches the criteria, then it becomes a little bit more subjective. But what we're looking for in figure is basically wide shoulders, tiny waist, nice sweep to the quads, um, neat glutes, neat hamstrings, um, being able to walk well in a T-walk. The bodybuilding class is the same as the men. What you're looking for is exactly the same. You're looking for probably the shape of a figure, the condition of an athletic, but the fullness and size of a bodybuilder. So arguably should be the toughest class. It doesn't always come out like that in a lot of times when you're watching the shows, but arguably should be the toughest class. Um, But what we found was figure can quite often be a lot about genetics. Some girls are blessed with a natural figure shape. and even though no matter how hard you work, you might not achieve that shape. Bodybuilding is kind of the same in that, you know, some girls might not be able to reach the level of muscularity or again the shape. So what we did with the athletic class is a class that you can actually probably compete in if you're not quite as gifted naturally shape-wise, but you're going to burst your backside to get yourself in condition, get some muscle tone. Um, and that's what you're credited for. We took out the sort of lax spreads from that particular class. Um, and there's even an argument from some of the judges that we should reduce the, the symmetry around a little bit because they, you tend to be drawn to your wider shape. Um, and it's something we've been discussing up till now, but we haven't decided which way we're going to go with it. But what we're looking for in athletic is good detail through the legs. The legs should be detailed, strong abdominals striations through the chest and shoulders when they're hitting the side chest poses so it's very much about condition and 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 it is achievable and something that you can achieve with hard work even if you aren't blessed with the genetics of the natural figure or natural bodybuilding shape hope that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um yeah no it's good good to clarify because you know um there is there is there is a lot of sort of you know uh miss miss uh misconceptions about you know each class and 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 you know going into the right class to suit you know suit suit your sort of physique so um yeah that's good to clarify um i, I guess i'm just on point i think that's where the clubs are good you know we have clubs up and down the country and i think if you're not sure go to the clubs and you know most of the people that are running the clubs are at the club know the shows, know the criteria, and they can point you in the right direction. And you only have to make the decision two weeks before the show. So you can prep. I mean, quite often we have girls come to the club, I'll have them do, you know, figure poses and athletic poses until I see what they're going to look like once they, they lose more weight. And then we decide at the last minute which way we're going to go with them. Um, and, you know, you not not to go to the clubs and not take advantage of that seems crazy to me when you've got such a an ability to be able to go and get that sort of help for free from you know and they are up and down the country yeah absolutely um okay so um next question um it's quite a broad one um but uh they ask what what does a typical show day look like for a bnbf competitor 
um, how the show is run, tanning, etc. Um, so I suppose uh, it's difficult. That's quite it, it's quite a non-specific question, but um, I suppose um, taking tanning uh, because I know that lots of different federations have different rules on tanning and um what what are your perspectives on on tanning um and for example do you have uh spray tanning at the events or do you favor sort of a uh a, a, a sort of a dry tan or what what are your thoughts on that it's an interesting one um i mean as long as the tan is done before they arrive in the venue it can be touched up in the venue but we don't allow tanning in the venue because of the mess it makes um we haven't ever had spray tanners up till now. Um, it's something we, again, that we've, we've been talking about. Um, for me, it's a hard one because I personally hate a spray tan. It's freezing cold. It's impersonal. Um, I, you know, I hear, I've heard spray tanners discussing people's bodies once they've left, which I found unprofessional. It wasn't in the UK, I must admit, that was in the US, which kind of put me off the whole, the whole thing just gave me the creeps a little bit. Um, and so for me personally, which is, why you know I developed dark hands initially was because I actually really really don't like spray tans. But we have discussed the fact that a lot of people would like to have a spray tan, and it's something we are looking at. But at the moment, you can use whatever tan you like, apart from a, a tan that doesn't dry, like your dream tan type tans. Um, but anything else is completely acceptable, um, and you know, but should be applied before coming to the venue. Um, it can't. We will help our backstage staff. Will help touch it up if there's little marks in it, and we don't have a problem with that. Um, and as you know, we always provide people backstage to help with blaze and just make sure that everybody's on point before they go on stage. Yeah, and I suppose, uh, Chris, you know, um, yourself and I, having competed in the BMBF, will sort of, uh, you know, it, it is very well organised and you know sort of down to the, the minute when you're going to go on stage and you get told exactly when to pump up Um you know when your category is going to go on you you know need to be lined up uh in time and and you you got you know we're all uh you know our head goes a little bit on on competition day so there's there's loads of people there to guide you um that you know that's just from my perspective of competing within the bmbf and um, any thoughts on that chris yeah well i mean it's it's, it's been like that ever since um i i my first competitions in 2012 um i don't remember a time uh, before even getting involved in, in in helping out backstage where um it wasn't well run and you didn't know where you were supposed to be uh, at what time you you know competitors are always told at every at every moment you know um what what area you need to be in backstage when like you said when to pump up um even when to just maybe start getting yourself ready um, out of a dressing room, um, just to start, you know, it, and, and that I think that helps a lot. Um, you know, when I've been to quite a few bodybuilding competitions, and, and it just seems like sometimes you're waiting forever uh, for the next class to come out, um, and that just shows a level of disorganisation, which shouldn't really happen. Um, you've got a list of competitors and, and categories. Um, I, I don't understand why the next one shouldn't be almost ready to just rock and roll straight away after the next one. So, um, and I've always in, enjoyed it um, ever since 2012. So, I can't I can't fault the BMBF um, when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, and I, I suppose a few a few just little uh, personal things again is backstage. Everyone's in the same position as you, uh, you know, and everyone you know by and large uh, extremely friendly you know amongst competitors the best thing you can do is is start chatting to people um and you know that'll just ease your your concerns and and it it, it just makes all the difference and you'll end up making a lot of friends um yeah, and and i think um the other thing just to clarify because i know there's a lot of different sort of structures of of the way shows are run um in in I know there's been a few exceptions for for various reasons, but the BMBF is is generally a uh, afternoon pre-judging and then an, an e a split evening show. Um, it, that's 
Correct, isn't it, Vicky? Um, and I think your perspective, I think we've chatted about this a little bit before, your perspective on that is that you think, you know, the evening show should be about sort of entertainment and putting on a show and, you know, somewhere that families and friends who maybe aren't as, you know, invested in bodybuilding and, and don't really understand it, that they can still come to that and enjoy it and enjoy the spectacle and, I know, you know, most people are very surprised at how much they enjoy the show. Um, so is that why you choose not to, say, have a, a straight run through rather, you know, so we have pre-judging in the morning and then routines in the evening. Um, so you prefer you prefer that over uh, a straight run through? Yeah, there's a few reasons. I mean, running, doing a straight run through would actually be easier for us in a certain way because you get one, you get them all. You know, it's it makes the day shorter. Um, there's there's plus things for it. Um, from my point of view as a competitor, I always found the daytime part of the show was more stressful because you came on, you were getting, you know, doing your comparisons, you're doing all that, and it's quite a stressful time. And for me, when I came back in the evening, I always enjoyed the evening more. I'd done two rounds, I was relaxed. I came back, it was I was in a better place, and um, so therefore it gave me another chance to to shine. Um, and the fact that we do judge the evening show means that there is credit going to come from that and you're going to get time to come back on. Um, I mean, I think one of the ones, um, your brother James, I think he did a show um, and during the day he he wasn't didn't perform well at all. Um, I think it was one of the finals. He, I think he won the qualifier and came in the finals and didn't place. Um, he came on during the day and I could see that he was stressed and he came on at night and he was like a different bodybuilder. Um, you know, and if that, there's a lot of times where you've got two or three people very, very close during the day um, and it gives them a chance to come back, to go away, to regroup, to, to, you know, find themselves again and come back and say, right, I've got my, I've got my third round, I've got a chance to, to come back and do this. Um, so from the, from the competitor's point of view, I think if you're into the sport and enjoy what you do, it gives you a chance to come back and and perform again. Um, and from as I say, from as you said, from family and friend point of view, the pre-judging can be a bit laborious if you're not a bodybuilding fan. Whereas to come at night, you get the music, you get the results, and it just makes it a bit shorter and a bit more entertaining for everybody that are maybe not bodybuilding fans. And we want people to come and watch it and appreciate what you guys do. Um, you know, so from that point of view, it's always been our our goal to one give the competitors a feeling of being in something exciting so the evening show will try and make as exciting as possible uh i mean guy does some brilliant stuff with the lights and stuff just to make it you know so your photographs come out with, i mean he matches the lights to your trunk color he does all sorts to make sure that so that it makes it more of an event which for me when you've dieted for 25 30 weeks or whatever you've done you want to be in something that's got a bit of pizzazz a bit of feeling a bit of atmosphere um so which is why we've always stuck with that that formula yeah, and yeah. I think um, if, there's, if there's something I don't think anyone anywhere can criticise would be Guy's um, lighting and the effort he puts into that. Um, having been privileged enough to be around when he's, uh, before a show, when he's just doing his last preparations, um, right up to the point where he's clearing up the wires at the end of the day, he's very meticulous. Um and uh, even if the smallest thing isn't right, <laughs> won't be tied the person that was responsible for making it go wrong. So, I mean, uh, you know, big, big shout out to him for that. You yeah, know, credit yeah absolutely. And he, he is an absolute perfectionist. And um, I've, I've on several occasions uh, told him how good the lighting looks. And he, he was like, are you, are you joking? <laughs> and then he's, he's just, you know, nothing's... Uh, it, nothing 99 percent is not good enough for him and he, you know he does go that extra mile absolutely and i think it's complimented him and him and fivos uh the the photographer and and david gillen as well at the the events just complement each other so well with with uh the photography and the lighting and i think probably an important thing to mention is when we were talking about tanning you, you do have to be mindful don't you of 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 what stage you you know because because you might go and compete elsewhere and and the lighting is different and 
uh, so you have to almost tailor your tan to, to, to that stage. Would, would you agree with that? It's, it's hard because a lot of, I mean, Guy and I come from a nightclub background. We worked in nightclubs. The whole time I was a student, I worked in nightclubs. So when we started the BNBF originally, um, it was the people that came to help us were from nightclubs. So they said, and, and also events. I mean, Gregor did our very first shows, has done lighting for Beyonce, for, you know, you know ridiculous people. He works in Dubai doing some huge events. Um, and he taught Guy and I a lot about lighting. Now, Everybody sees the, the flashing lights and, and, and everything that goes into them. But what they don't appreciate is the time the guy puts into the white light. Now, this was something that Gregor was really, really strong on. Because a lot of people, when they turn up at shows, a lot of federations don't have that knowledge. So they go into the show and they, they put the lights on. But when we go into a show, a lot, a lot of the time the lights are not placed properly. Now, if you ever look at a BMBF stage, no matter where you stand, there's no hot spots. Which are hot spots when there's a concentrated bit of light. We don't have hot spots. So if you're standing in the lineup, the line, the white light is even all the way along. If you put your arm up, it won't create a shadow because the white light is not designed to cause shadows. Whereas when you look at other shows, if you look along the lineup, there'll be a dark spot here, a light spot there. When someone puts their arm up, there'll be shadowing across somewhere else. So our light is quite bright, but purely because we spend a lot of time balancing the white light. And I mean, you'll see this, what we do, the last job that we do before we, we open the doors is we focus all the lighting so we, we get people to stand on stage and if you ever you've seen us it could be anybody that's setting up we'll be standing on stage right move from there move there move there move there to make sure that they have that balanced white light across the stage and um, now that was our that's our first and foremost before we even worry about what flashing lights or what colored lights if that white light's not right that is that that's detrimental yeah. to your physique because that's so important to the BMBF and it always has been. Because so many times I've competed on a stage where, as I say, you've gone away, you've dieted, you've burst your balls to get the best condition you can get in, and then you're stuck in a shadowy part of the stage where there's there's no light. And you'll see it yourself. Sometimes when you look at stages, you'll see somebody at the end, you think, oh, they look really good. And then they move on to a different spot. Oh, they're not so quite as good. And so that really confuses the judging if you don't have the, the balanced lighting. So that's always been... As I say, before we even had half the effects that we've got, that was always our priority. And it was something we were taught by a guy called Gregor Money, as I say, who now works in Dubai and has done lighting for some of the biggest names you can imagine. And, and that was what he installed on us from day one. I mean, he actually um, sent a letter to, um, or gave me a letter to give to the WNBF years and years ago um, because the lighting was so bad because he'd come out to support me in the show. And he, and he didn't mean it in a bad way. He said, look, they maybe don't know what they're asking for, there's a letter which will explain what they should be asking for, and that'll maybe help them out. And we've got told to mind our own business. Um, but <laughs> but for us, it was something that he installed in us, and Guy has taken the time now to learn. And even still, we always bring, we sometimes bring, if we've got a difficult venue, sometimes Pug will come along as well to give us a hand, because he's somebody else that works, still works in the industry and still do lighting for some made absolutely major events. So we're kind of lucky in the people we've got around about us, and a lot of that came from, from our or nightclub. Yeah. And uh, well, didn't uh, the, the year that the BMBF um, held a, the uh, qualifier at uh, Body Power, didn't, yeah. uh, didn't, wasn't Guy also consulted then by another federation as to assist with their lighting as well? Um, Ryan, when we first arrived at Body Power, Ryan Alexander came to find us and said to Guy, come and look at this lighting, come and look at this lighting. Um, and they put white lighting. Um, or a white screen at the back, which is not going to help with photography or anything like that. So Guy sorted them out and helped them with, and used our lighting to dull it down and make it blue rather than white, which meant Vivos could actually get some photographs rather than it just being bounced back. So, yeah, um, well, there. Just, just, just testament, isn't it, really, um, to the regard that even other people um, hold Guy alone in as well, really. Um, and just before we move on, just as a, Scottish. there you go. See. <laughs> we're, we're Scottish down here as well. <laughs> Sugar free, obviously. Right, so um, moving on a little bit, we've got um, a couple of questions. Um, 
from our good friend Robert Waterhouse. <laughs> um, so the first one he's asked is, is uh, I guess, for with regards to the BMBF, um, have you had any thoughts on introducing men's physique or I know that the DFAC do are like a men's athletic, which is sort of not quite men's physique. And, it, it you know, uh, I think they wear the, the higher shorts where they, they're showing some of the quads and things. Has there been any any thoughts about introducing that to it to a BMBF stage? We we have talked about it. Um, we we talked about introducing the men's athletic class because it, it is becoming quite a strong class in in the, the DFAC, um, and it's it's something we we do discuss it pretty regularly. This is probably not the year to do it, so I, I think it'll probably sure, get yeah. discussions again next year. But yeah, we have we have discussed um, the men's athletic. Um, so yeah, there, there, there may be an opportunity at some point we may think about introducing introducing men's athletic. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think you know, there's some some cracking physiques in you know I think it was last year's it was a really strong class oh, wasn't right. it last yeah. last year at the worlds. Um, so yeah, uh, so so I guess if anyone's interested in that, just just watch this space. Um, and with that, sorry and, to uh, to put in, obviously that that's just brought to mind something else that uh, somebody asked me uh, in the gym a few months ago, um, and uh, he's his girlfriend uh, can, can, wants to compete in bikini, um, and asked about if the BMBF did it, and I said no, they don't. I said the only I think the only one that. Uh, Federation at the moment, I think that does it in the UK is the UK DFBA. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a, I think that's that's correct. I'm not sure about the MPA to be honest. So obviously, the, those two sort of categories kind of go hand in hand together. Would that be something? Um, is that another category, or is that uh, still not on the horizon? I'm reluctant to do that because you've already got three different types of category for women. At the moment, men have only got bodybuilding. So regardless, I know we have different cat classes in bodybuilding, but we only actually have bodybuilding. At the moment, women have got figure, athletic, and bodybuilding. Um, bikini, for me, was something that was introduced to non-natural shows to give girls a softer look. We don't need, you don't need to have a, a class for that in, in the BNBF, or in, in my opinion, in natural bodybuilding, because arguably, there's no female out there that can't compete in one of those three classes. Then that's not to say they're going to come in and win initially in one of those classes, but realistically, your body type will fit into one of those classes and you can't quite easily choose one of those classes and compete in. Um, as I say, I'm more open-minded to, the, to the, the men's athletic, arguably because they just don't have anything other than bodybuilding. So if the girls have already got three and the guys have only got one, I can see the argument for the guys. At the moment, I still I still don't think there's an argument for bikini, but we are... You know, we, we do have it in the DFAC and we have taken people from our bigger class that we felt would maybe meet the criteria and invited them to represent the BMBF in bikini at the Worlds. So it's yeah. good and you maybe don't, you know, there is still that opportunity and it has still been done in the past and it is something that I always, when I'm judging, I'll keep my eyes open for that and think, you know, that girl maybe wasn't the best in that class but she would actually be really, really good as a bikini competitor and because it's there, we, we can still open the door a little bit for that at the moment yeah yeah that seems reasonable um just obviously you know you get asked these questions and uh sometimes and, and I, I haven't got the answers to it and, uh, mm. and it's good i think just to, to clarify it for those people who will listen and, and probably want to know so yeah yeah um okay so i think we're coming up to about 40 minutes but just just you know a few, we've got, just got a few more questions if that's all right actually have an awful busy schedule at the moment <laughs> 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 um, so uh, w one of the sort of quite common questions slash debates is about sort of the the men's weight categories and I know that there are federations that split based on even height some people do it on predetermined weight categories um, now the BMBF and I believe DFAC split basically on the day um, based on you know the weigh-ins of each individual competitor to try and you know put the you know evenly put um competitors of a, a similar weight together um would you just be able to just sort of clarify the process of that and and why you think 
it, that's sort of a, a, a fairer way to do things. We, we used to have weight classes. Um, when we first started, we had weight classes. But what we found, and, and Rob Waterhouse, funnily enough, will testify to this, is that people chase weight. So what you ended up getting was people coming into shows in the lightweight class that are six feet tall trying to, to make weight, which wasn't really allowing them to develop and be the best they could be. Um, and I think, you know, Rob and Dave actually had a podcast recently and it was something that they discussed um, that, you know, chasing away isn't necessarily what's going to make you the best you can be. Um, and people always panic about being in a heavier weight class. Um, but it was quite interesting because over the last few years, Dave and I always check everybody in and check the weights and, make, you know, make, make the splits between, between us and one other person. Um, but what we found is that more often than not, I'd say 85 to 90% of the time is the lightest middleweights or the lightest heavyweights that win the class. So I think people are getting too caught up in what weight you have to actually be. Um, I mean, I was always, even when, I can't, no, they used to split, when I used to compete with the IFP or the WNBA, we used to split on the day as well for the women's classes because there wasn't always two classes, so they split it. And, you know, regardless if I was the heaviest lightweight or the lightest heavyweight, which was more often than not the case, you know, I was always in a similar sort of position at the end of the day. And I think if you're good and you're balanced, it doesn't actually matter what weight you are. But if you're six foot tall and look like, you know, a beanpole against the other lightweight, that's not going to work for you. Um, so this trying to make weight wasn't really benefiting anybody at all. And then what you would do is you'd have one guy that was a heavyweight and then and 10 folk that were middleweight. So the person would have no competition. So it was better for him to have you know, competition. And just as I say, because he was maybe heavier, didn't necessarily mean he's going to be the winner. Because as I've just said, nine times out of 10, it's the lighter people that are in the class that are winning. Um, so it just, we, we decided to change it almost for the safety of some of the athletes, because we felt some of them were just actually pushing too hard to make a weight rather than actually focusing on being the best they could be and a lot of people came up and starting to look stringy and emaciated rather than looking like bodybuilders so that was one of the reasons we decided to change it yeah and it's and it's obviously not the healthiest thing to do is it if you are a certain size and weight naturally um you know even without bodybuilding you're starting to try and get down below a certain weight than your body really really wants to be at um it, it it can be dangerous for you um i'm really unhealthy so it, yeah I, I, I mean i've never had an issue with it i mean I'm, I'm a lightweight and probably always will be but um it's so it's never really like a problem for me yeah he tried to keep his weight he tried to stay lightweight for two years and probably held himself back on progressing because he hastened to get down to that weight so he may have had he not been chasing a lightweight class for a few years might have progressed quicker than he actually did it was something that he brought up himself and said that looking back now you can see why it would be detrimental to him as a bodybuilder to keep chasing that lightweight rather than just accepting that he was better a few, a few pounds heavier yeah yeah well I, I've I've been on the cusp um with middleweight and like and I've, I've competed at both so even within the same year I've been in the middleweights at the Britain and then uh, lightweights at worlds and it just depends on that spread of weights um and you know even the the competitors within that class might be you know it, it it's different and it, it's different from show to show and i think you you kind of have to respect that um and like you say chris it's we're already um you know on show day going to be you know reasonably depleted yeah. and uh, we've dieted a long time adding an extra even psychological you know the psychological element of of having to get down to a certain weight it becomes like weight cutting which is not only you know detrimental to you know potentially your health but also um your actual look as a bodybuilder um mm. so it, it's, it's interesting i know every, everyone has their own perspectives and um but but yeah that's good to just clarify why you know what the process is at the bmbf and 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 why you feel that that is the best way so um yeah we've got um we've got another question which uh is again it 
I mean, Rob's brought it up. It, 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 it's it's something that um, I think a few people have sort of asked Rob, um, and he, he thought it'd be good a good topic to discuss and clarify. Um, and it's it's re- with regards to the the DFAC pro you know pro men's divisions, and he says sort of what do you think without watering down the pro ranks um, about the idea of uh, potentially introducing weight classes um i.e sort of lightweight middleweight heavyweight um at you know the dfac grand prix um worlds and and do you think it would potentially open the door for for maybe more competitors to come over if if they felt that there were were more classes i I don't know what what were your thoughts on that We've always said if we had the numbers, we split it anyway. So I mean, regardless if it was the Grand Prix, if we have over a certain number, we'd, we'd split it. Um, and the same at the at, at the world. We had, I mean, at one point we had three classes. I think for for men at the world, we had well, we tried the elite class initially, um, and then we had heavyweight and lightweight. Um, so we've always split it if if there's enough people there. Um, it's hard for me because I suppose I, when I won my pro cards um, and Nigel Davis and I went over to our first ever pro show in, in New York and, you know, there were lineups of 20, 15, 16 and you won this pro card to be up against the best and, and I'm not the biggest person so I'm standing there against big girls and Nigel not the biggest guy that was there um, but it wasn't about that, it was being the best you you could possibly be. Um, so is it watering it down? I mean, the problem is with the whole pro status at the moment has become a bit diluted and, and, and less of what it was. Um, so, yeah, would it encourage more people in? Absolutely, I have no doubt about it. Would it encourage more better people in? Not 100% sure whether it's... If you're, if you're a competitor and you're an elite sports person that wants to compete against the best, would you go to a show strictly because it had weight classes or would you go because you want to compete against the best in the world for me i would go i'd rather compete against everybody um even though 100 percent wouldn't be the heaviest but that's always been my way of thinking um but we do split it now i mean we have always split it if there's enough numbers there but, you know if people come we'll split it you know it's the more that come the more splits we'll have so it's if they want that to happen just come to the show yeah, it's, it's it's a bit odd, really, because like you get this this discussion that we 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 spoke about it before about you know having the 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 ultimate pro show where you get everybody together and find out who truly is the best, and then but then you have got people saying oh they wonder about um you, you know the being unfairly judged and all this kind of rubbish, and and I do think it's absolutely rubbish because I think what you're doing there is you call into um into question people's integrity um and I mean, people might say that's like saying, you know, uh, oh, you'll get offended and you know, okay, then go over there and be offended. Like, it, um, you know, and I guess what I, I'm I'm trying to get at is that if it, if the door is open for those people to come over and and and, and compete together, um, like you say, compete against the best, and even if you don't win, at least you've you've thrown your hand in for it. Um, but if there's if there's so many, then yeah, you will go up against people that are um of a similar height and weight and all the rest of it and, and maybe musculature um but um i i, I don't i just don't understand what their um the the problem would be with with that you know the, the you know the, the, they want they want everyone to be in the same um federation and and, and you don't necessarily have to be do you um because i, I it's it's just really confusing. Uh, I I want to see it happen. Um, I mean, I, I I put together a thing years ago and put it up on Facebook that you know the organisers they should come together and once a year have one big show. So you know if you if you call all that other shows the universe or an Olympia or whatever, but we have the world and the world is you know everybody's and if if everybody then presented a judge to go on the panel. Um, and each year the, a different organisation took control. So. You know, one year maybe the DFAC, maybe one year another organisation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the year that whatever year they run, we follow their criteria, we follow their rules. But the judging panel is made up of someone from each organisation. Then, but that was an idea, and it's pie in the sky, and nobody and nobody's going to listen to it. But you know, 
2017, um, when Dave won the Worlds, um, and so many horrible, horrible comments from people, and people, I mean, it, it destroyed his his win when he, you know, people were saying oh, it was a British show. Now, there was a majority of British judging panel that year, um, partly because that was the people that made themselves available and put themselves out there to be, you know, the judges. So this year, when we did the DFAC Worlds, you know, I made sure that on the judging panel, we had the British panel was the British athletes were the least. We had the least number of judges on the panel. And we had judges from um, Italy. We had judges from the US. We had judges from Cayman. Um, Australia didn't didn't have um, anybody on the panel, but they were going to have one this year. And Germany were going to have one this year. So I made sure that, you know, we there's no way that any of our British athletes could be told that they weren't good enough because it was the, the judges, you know, a biased judging panel. So actually this year we had the least number of British judges at any point in time on that table. Um, and, and that's what we do. So anyone that says that they're not going to be judged fairly coming into the DFAC show, absolutely not. I mean, we had Martin Drake, who's from AAU. Um, I can't even remember who else we had, but it was, you know, it was stacked across with everybody from all different different countries. Um, and as I say, this year, the intention was we had a, a judge coming from Germany. Australia were bringing their head judge across with them this time. Um, Italy we had this year, we had last year, and we would have had this year. Um, and the US, Caymans and Britain would have been. So it, it's all we can do to be as transparent as possible. Um, I mean, anyone that's judged for any of us knows that you get told to mark your sheet, you're given your sheet of paper, and that's it. You're told the criteria, um, you know, and, and I've always said, you know, if, if any of these pros from, you know, wanted to come and compete in the, the Grand Prix um, and weren't comfortable with judging the judging panel, I'd be more than happy to open the panel up to somebody from there. I mean, if, you know, some of the pros from the other organisation weren't judging and wanted to come and sit on the panel and judge within the, the for the Grand Prix, I would have no objections to them coming and doing that. It's absolutely no problem at all. That is absolutely open to discussion. And, um, you know, I respect any of their pros that are interested in coming and getting involved. That's, a, that's inter- yeah, interesting. It'd be maybe, you know, it's it's a good thought, isn't it, going forward? Because so there's so, it's such a, we were talking such a, a, a deep pool of uh, like amazing uh, competitors. I mean, just the, within our country, um, be be really cool to see some of those uh, those battles. Um, but but yeah, uh, Chris, do you have any other questions uh, lined up, or um, have we have we answered everything? No, I think I, I think I think we have. Um... Really. <laughs> I think um, you know this is a you know it was it was just an idea it was a bit of a an informal Q and A. We we spoke to Vicky. Oh, it's about a year ago now. Um, so from from more of a sort of a personal and a competitor perspective. So you can still see that episode on the YouTube channel. I think it was episode two. Um, and you know we we'll, we'll run more of these sort of Q and A things if people have more questions. Um, but we thought just in these kind of uncertain times, it it'd be good to um, address some of these you know these issues and and questions. Um, so yeah, let let us know what you think and um, and and any suggestions for for other episodes going forward. Yeah, and uh, just. Like I say, thanks for coming on again, Vicky. Um, it's good. It's good to see you. Um, I know we've spoke. We've not spoke much <clears throat> in the last couple of months since uh, lockdown started. But you know, it's like I always say, people are apologising. I'm getting contact with people, and they're like, oh, "I'm sorry, I've not been in touch." It's like you know, it's totally fine. Uh, everyone's got their own shit to deal with, haven't they, at the moment? Um, and no one knows really how to handle it because everyone's got something different you know for, for those people that have been furloughed or to 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 key workers who still have to go to work um i'm worrying about whether or not they're gonna uh suffer with any symptoms and uh, you know and, and people not seeing their friends and their family it's, just, it's the strangest strangest time I've, i think any of us have ever lived in and who'd have thought you know like a year ago this we would be discussing this right now in in the way that we are uh, wondering if shows are, are going to go ahead. Um, 
I think we mentioned it um, on the last podcast with Opio is that, that, that we would have been like two weeks out from the Northern Irish now, I think just about. Um, and to know that that's sadly not gonna, going to happen, um, you know, it's it, it, yeah, it's got wrenching. I understand why people have stopped prep, but if I'd like to say, you know, if anyone's still out there, still trying to diet, still training and doing the best with it, then just keep just persevere with it. Um, you know, it'll all come good in the end. I think it's very important that people realise that there's no criticism if you don't stick to it. If it's too stressful and you're already stressed or you haven't got the facilities, then there's no issue that you shouldn't feel bad if you have to stop. That's your choice. And I think the only reason we're saying we will do something is because I know, I know for me, the thing that I would have done is I would have used it as my rock, as it were. Um, I mean, we're all on a roller coaster ride. I mean, some days I, I'm, and, and I'm in a good, a, well, a reasonably good position, and that I can still train, which is is great. Um, you know, it's financially it's not too bad yet. Another couple of months of gym being closed might not be too good, but at the moment I'm still okay. I've got my dog that I can walk. I've got a great life, but yet there's still days I get up and think everything in my life has been ripped away from me. I mean, it's so it's that roller coaster. You feel kind of worthless one day, then the next day you feel okay, I've got time, I've got all my things. And I think people have to remember, regardless of what you're going through, and I've said this a lot of times when I post stuff up on Facebook, if you've got problems and you want to speak to me, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone just now. Email me, message me. You know, if there's anything I can reassure anybody with, I'm more than happy to do it. I've probably got more time than I've ever had in my life at the moment. Reading books, watching telly, it's different. <laughs> um, but you know, for everybody, this is tough and it's a roller coaster. Um, be strong. Um, you know, stick to what you believe is the right thing for you to be doing right now, and and do what you think's right. Um, and whatever happens, you know, we'll adapt the BMBF. We will this year. I mean, hopefully next year we'll be back to normal. But this year we'll adapt things and we will make something happen so that anybody that's used this for the focus has got an end point hopefully um so stick with that's very nice of you to say that vicky and and um yeah i think it's just important to say you know everyone is in different circumstances and everyone sees things from different perspectives and um no matter which perspective you see it from this has affected everyone um you know and i think whether whether you're competing you know whether you, whether you're training to compete or you, you you're still just training uh f- for for your own sort of sanity um you know it's it it, it 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 it's nice to have something to focus on and it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're dieting and, and planning to compete but you know training whatever you can do uh you know within your home uh you know, in your garden, um, you know, it, it, it will make you feel better. Mm. I've got to say, I've, I've quite enjoyed training in my garden uh, before I managed to pick up a little bit of extra equipment. Um, it was nice to be able to get home from work and just go straight out in the back garden while the weather was nice and train under the train in the sun, um, which if, uh, if Cayman's actually goes ahead, will be amazing to be able to do that as well. <laughs> And I think, you know, as, as you say, we, we don't know what will happen, but, you know, when things do return to what we would say normal, you know, in the coming years, I think we'll all be very, very appreciative of of what we you know what we have and and i mean that 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 applies to everything but but you know particularly we're on a bodybuilding podcast so uh we're talking about bodybuilding but um but yeah um i think we'd we'd just be a lot more appreciative of of uh of these events and and that kind of community as well so yeah uh thanks again I keep saying to people that can't train at the moment that remember when you get back to the gym you'll get beginner's gains all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> muscle memory. Oh, to anyway, isn't it? Uh, and yeah. I think that that human interaction is what a pe- lot of people are missing the most, really. Um, being in the company of other people, um, 
that's why I can't, I can't wait to uh, get back to that and uh, look forward to hopefully once we can travel a bit more coming up and having a, a, a session in the body academy again fueled fueled by t-bay of course <laughs> yeah. it might it might be um fueled by big bob's mince pies again you never know after that last trip up <laughs> <laughs> right okay so we'll, we'll wrap it up there um if you know uh, if you've got any further questions um your best place really is to to address them on on the bmbf uh, facebook uh, page or or instagram page um and then obviously you know as as we mentioned the there are the other pages of you know the other natural federations in the uk the uk dfba and npa also have a uh, facebook pages where you can direct your questions um and we'll wrap up there perfect nice. all right good to, good to see you all Take care. See ya.